Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk Vegan Podcast, hosted by the Shorky Sisters. Repping the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, the first ever vegan world naturals bikini pro, coach, author, and blogger, who's got an ass that's out of this world. Repping the busy, tired moms of the world is Sarah, and her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and unlock the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and enjoy the ride. Well, hello, everybody. Why do I always do that old time? Right? Anyway. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 37th episode of the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast. I am your host, Sam Shorky, and I am alongside my co-host and beloved sister, the ever-lovely Sarah Shorky. Hi. (laughs) Sarah's in a great mood today, and we are actually starting this episode off a little differently than usual, and that is because we have a special guest, everybody. What? Where? (laughs) Yeah, she's not physically here with us, smartass. I think you know that. But yes, we have have a special guest joining us on the show this week. And in fact, we recorded this interview several weeks ago when I was in New York City. But we actually got super swamped organizing shiz for a couple of vegan expos. So it's been really busy and we do apologize for taking a few weeks off from podcasting. But we can also definitely blame Sarah for our absence this time more than me, despite me doing all this travel and organizing of expos. Yes, I apologize. It was mostly my fault this time, people. I was too busy unleashing hell via my anus. (laughs) Horrific stomach bug went through the family. Okay, and thank you for that visual. Um, welcome. But anyway, while Sarah was in diarrhea hell, I was hanging out in NYC, where the actual interview took place, and let it be known, I absolutely love New York, and damn right, I filled my suitcase to the brim with Trader Joe's high-protein vegan burgers, which we cannot unfortunately get here in Canada, eh? Sucks, but... Yeah, then I was mildly freaking out because Porter Air lost my damn luggage and I thought it was because I smuggled so much faux meat across the border without claiming it. Such a badass. Yeah, but thankfully it did arrive and all my burgers are nicely put away in the freezer. And yeah, I'm really hoping that this will be a popular episode and very informative for all of our listeners because our guest, Kelly Schlegel, is also a vegan body bodybuilder and a vegan coach and a fitness model and a total vegan babe who guess what guys struggles with all of the same insecurities and pressures that the rest of us do and that I discuss on the podcast all the time. So it was really fun interview and completely random and totally unplanned. So I hope everybody enjoys our off the cuff conversation and I hope everybody forgives us for taking a few weeks away from podcasting and say thanks for coming over to record this episode even though you don't really have anything to contribute to it yes uh, no experience in the fitness dieting world's competition whatsoever 
So why are you even talking right now? Because gosh darn it, people like me. Actually, you know what? They really do like you. And in fact, when I was speaking and exhibiting at Veg Expo in Vancouver just this past weekend, it was really cool to meet so many people who subscribe to the podcast. And the general response from all of them was definitely how funny you are. They didn't mention anything about you being informative or enlightening. (laughs) Sort of reminds me of that time Remember when we won the karaoke contest hosted by the radio station? Not for most talented, but for most entertaining. And they really emphasize that, that we won for most entertaining, not most talented. Yes, well, I do have a great deal of experience with backhanded compliments. If that's in reference to me, screw you. And you know I love you, Sari, but we can't let your head get too big, right? Yes, because I'm the one with that problem. Exactly. Anyway, let us attempt number two to get on to the interview. Please. Oh, but actually first, a huge thank you to our newest VIP Patreon supporter, Donna, for her very generous donation to our Patreon page, which of course can be found at www.patreon.com slash jackedonthebeanstalk. Donna has literally been following me on every social media platform for many, many years and has also been a client of mine for a few years now. So thank you so much, Donna. You are a beautiful soul and we greatly appreciate Appreciate you and your podcast support. Yes, she's the original JOTB OG. Yeah, damn right. For real. If there is any Jacked on the Beanstalk fan who counts as an original OG supporter, it is definitely Donna. And just a heads up, everybody, we are mailing out our very first goodie bag to all of our Patreon supporters this coming weekend. So if you want your very own JOTB bumper sticker and a personalized thank you card from me and Sarah, then you better go to patreon.com slash jackedonthebeanstalk and sign up to receive all kinds of fun goodies from us all year long. Or at least until we run out of ideas. And by us, I mean Sam, because she's the one with all the ideas. Yes, but guess Who is in charge of mailing out all of this shit? Yeah, no surprise there. All right, well, anyway, enough about Patreon and all of the insanely awesome free gifts that you will receive straight from the hands and hearts of the Shorky Sisters. For the cost of one overpriced coffee per month, you could enjoy endless (laughs) random shit from Jack Down the Beanstalk. Imagine what it would be like to be Christmas every day, all year long. Well said, Sam. All right, and with that, let us get on to the interview with Coach Kelly Schlegel. Welcome, vegan babe and vegan coach Kelly Schlegel. Thank you, thank you. So what we've really learned today is that we are the exact same person, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) Yep. Just living in two different countries, completely opposite countries. <laughs> yes, and by that, I'm not just talking our personalities. We literally have the exact same body, meaning <laughs> we are totally jacked and massive delts and shoulders and jacked arms with huge, bulbous, muscly asses. And, <laughs> and great thighs. Yes, and we even showed up wearing the exact same, same outfit. outfit. <laughs> Except she's wearing a toque. Which apparently you Americans call... We call call it a beanie. Exactly, but uh, here in Canada we say 
Tuk. So <laughs> let us get right into it. And I think the best way to start this interview is by sharing that we both had the exact same inner dialogue before meeting each other. And I know that I had the thought run through my mind this morning. Oh, I bet Kelly is expecting me to look exactly like all of my professional fitness model photos. And she's going to see me and think, oh, Sam's not as lean or shredded as I thought she was. And Kelly, what were your inner thoughts before meeting me? Well, let's preface it by saying this meeting of ours was completely unexpected. I found out you were coming to Brooklyn and I said, I'm going to be in Brooklyn the same exact day. This just makes complete sense for us to get together. And so we had no prep time, essentially. It's not like we were (laughs) prepping, you know, to do a photo shoot together. We were not prepping for a stage presence. Mm -hmm. We said, let's do it. And so the thoughts running through my head then became this complex of complete anxiety thinking, oh my God, Sam is going to think that I need to be shredded, that I completely look like my fitness model photo shoots 24-7. She's just going to be this complete babe and she's going to see me looking like a blob as I walk through the door. (laughs) And I was having anxiety, extreme panic attack thinking that way. And it's so funny because we were saying that here we are, these women who are very active in the vegan fitness community and we are coaches for other people on helping them to look their best and leanest and most defined and here we're the ladies thinking the exact same thoughts that everybody does and what is especially interesting is that as coaches if you guys think you feel pressure to look a certain way how do you think we feel so it was kind of relaxing and reassuring to know that we both were having this little bit of anxiety liberating yeah Yeah. totally and then of course when I saw her and she opened my hotel room door and (laughs) I was like wow you're such a jacked vegan babe and we have the exact same body and it was like instant hug and instant friendship and that was really cool well I, I told Sam Sam is having this her own complex of thinking that she needs to look a certain way. She's expecting me to feel like I need to see her looking jacked and lean and ripped. But she's not realizing that I see her as she opens the hotel door and I'm just <laughs> like starstruck in complete awe thinking, oh my gosh, she has the greatest delt that I've ever seen. Her back is awesome. She has great thighs, a great butt. And she, she looks amazing. And yet she's having this thought process of maybe I'm not good enough or not what she's expecting me to look like. And which literally was the, the, the same, same thoughts the same thought process about that I was Kelly. having. And I thought the same thing. Wow, she's so fit. Our point is that we really just need to stop being so hard on ourselves and stop caring what Mm -hmm. other people think. And I know this is a running theme on the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast, so I really wanted to start off our interview putting it out there so that you guys can realize, you know what? These insecurities affect every single one of us. Everyone. Totally. While we're on the topic of having muscular arms, we also were mentioning how as coaches, we all the time hear from women saying, okay, so I really want a big muscly butt. You know, I want a six pack abs, but I don't want arms like you. I don't want to look like you with your upper body. Yeah, exactly. And we think it's so funny because here we have been lifting weights for almost a decade and both of us in our minds are always thinking, don't worry, you won't. If you're telling me that you don't want to look that way, I'm not going to coach you to look that way. It takes extreme effort to look the way that Sam and I look like. Exactly. I don't think you'll be benching a full (laughs) plate anytime soon, so don't worry about those arms. Don't worry about it. But of course, that is such a stereotype that so many women think that they pick up a pair of dumbbells and they're going to wake up looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Bulky. I don't want to look bulky like you. Okay, thanks, hon. Yeah, exactly. And so 
Got it. Duly noted. Exactly. So here's a little piece of advice to anyone who is hiring a coach. Maybe keep those thoughts to yourself and recognize (laughs) that we want muscular arms. We like the look of having strength. And yeah, sure, we were joking that, you know, in gym clothes, we we love the way we look. But as soon as we put on a dress, we feel like the butch football football player of our our group of girlfriends going out. But hey, now that we've met each other, we can be the butches together in the group and arm wrestle all the men who want to buy us drinks. All right. So Kelly, why don't you actually give us a little bit of background story on who you are and how you got into to veganism and more specifically being a coach and what sort of services you offer. So I've been vegan for seven years now, which is hard to believe. I made the switch from being completely a carnivore, meat and dairy eating person. And my reason for becoming vegan was strictly and shamefully vanity reasons. Which is very common. Very common. And I was in maybe my second year of college or third year. I had gained the freshman and sophomore 15, 20, maybe even 30 pounds at that point. So you were not working I was I had ne- I was never an athlete growing up. Never okay. an athlete and Me neither. Yeah, wow. <laughs> we are literally triplets. <laughs> totally. Next time we're bringing my Did you know my twin's vegan as well? Oh no, yeah. I didn't. Next time oh. she's coming on. You mean my twin. Exactly. Yeah. Our triplet. Yes, she's <laughs> right. vegan as well. So I gained weight. I was unhappy. I was having a lot of health ailments, just feeling really fatigued, low energy, acne. My hair wasn't feeling healthy. So vanity reasons completely. And I said, "Why don't I start with just incorporating more vegetables?" And then I started learning about veganism and I said let me just make the switch I want to lose weight as fast as I can I want to have better skin less acne greater hair greater strength nails and I want to feel good in my body and then honestly it was probably a week later I started diving into books Kathy Freston had written a book that I picked up and she started talking about just the suffering that these animals go through factory farming animal exploitation and for me there complete 180 shift of it was no longer vanity it was completely for the animals and just you know the aesthetic greatness that came from it was just a bonus at that point. But ever since then, I have not looked back and I made that complete shift. Not even weaning anything out. I just went, no pun intended, cold turkey from being a carnivore, meat, dairy eating person to strictly vegan. Cool. And then how did you get into coaching? And is it true? I thought I noticed you don't only coach vegans. Like I only coach Mm -hmm. vegans, but you open it up to everybody. Yes. How does that work? I have thought about doing that and, you know, power to you for doing that. I did not get into actually like training myself, working out until I had graduated college and I started working at my local gym and at that point I had never touched a free weight never even really been on a machine except for the treadmill and I started seeing these bodybuilders men and women and I was just so impressed and I thought they are able to look this way without even stepping foot on a treadmill I want to know what they're doing and I want to learn more about it so I started researching I started studying I became a personal trainer and from there it just boomed once I started changing my body composition people became interested in what I was doing. I have such a passion now for nutrition as well as training that it just made sense to become a coach. I opened up my own studio locally on Long Island and then the demand for that got became so great that there was not enough hours in a day to train one hour sessions for people all day long. Working you know 14 hour days, 14 people back to back, I was not able Whoa. to sleep, eat, so train draining. myself. Yeah. yeah, just so you guys know, for me if I have four clients back to back by that fourth person I am not the same trainer mm-hmm. so 
I can't even imagine doing 14 clients in a day. That's exactly how I was feeling. I felt like I was losing myself in a good and a bad way, but I had no energy. I felt like I could not be the best trainer and coach to my client athlete in front of me by the end of the day. And I, I felt bad in that sense. So I shut down the studio, became strictly remote trainer, online coaching. And because so many of my client athletes followed me to that online coaching, I thought it was wrong of me to just offer it to people who are plant-based. Oh, okay. And and also the same in that same sense, I was not born vegan, so I understand that people may want to better their health and fitness, not knowing the health benefits of being completely plant based. So I like encouraging the shift if they're open to it, and just be uh, providing them more knowledge of what reducing dairy or eliminating dairy and meat can do for their diet and their body composition. Cool. And so with the non vegan clients you have, do you just basically give them macros to follow, or how does that so work? with all of my client athletes, I give them a form to complete and it's a very detailed form regarding their preferences for nutrition and their diet whether they have allergies to certain things are they literally the questions are are you open to meat alternatives are you open to dairy alternatives if they say no to each of those great then we're just we're going to keep you on the diet that you're used to the foods and the preferences that you have for your diet but if you are you say you select yes you are open to that then we're going to start incorporating almond milk or tofu and seitan and giving them more access and more variety in that sense seeing how it reduces inflammation in their body and increases their energy levels. I actually love that because that is a great way to convert more people. And you have to remember that our industry is typically very meat heavy. Mm -hmm. You know, we're in a testosterone fueled world of bodybuilding where everybody thinks you have to eat 10 cows a day just to build muscle. (laughs) So it's really cool to have vegan trainers out there who don't necessarily just cut off their clientele to vegans only. Only, and I think that's awesome. So all the power Thanks. to you. I li- and I like your approach that you kind of ask them. You put it in their court and then based right. on their I like, responses. I like giving them the power in that sense because making this shift in diet, training, nutrition, all of it, if they don't feel like they're in control, it's not going to be sustainable. Yeah, and that goes right back to my tried and true mantra that I've followed since day one. And that's, I don't preach, I inspire. So that Ooh. is a classic example. And I love that. Love it. So I want to actually mention... You talked about the draining aspect of being a personal trainer. And oh, we're I know, diving right into it. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, I love it because this is something that I've discussed with a lot of coaches is that it is very draining when your job is to help people deal with their insecurities. You're you're helping them with their health and fitness and their diet. And a lot of that is their mindset. And mm-hmm. so we often feel as though we are therapists to our clients. And so I would love to hear your take on what sort of self-care practices do you apply to your own life in order to help you be the best coach and essentially therapist to your clients? Yeah. I was very interested to hear that you also deal with this. And I will start by saying it's a blessing and a curse. I do feel fortunate enough that people trust me enough to open up. I think it's a beautiful aspect of what we do, but it is draining. It can get very draining and it sort of also opens up the possibility if someone brings up their insecurity, it can trigger an insecurity that I've already had and was able to suppress or remedy within myself. Mm -hmm. It could bring it back to light. So going back to your question of how do I find that maybe boundary or how do I de-stress from that? 
is I think putting up those boundaries of I do offer 24 seven access to my client athletes, but they do understand that if I don't answer within an hour, a day, two days, that that's something they're going to have to deal with because I need time to decompress and get back to a, a healthy mental sanity for myself in order to, to be their best coach and trainer. What sort of things do you implement? Well, I, when we were talking about this earlier, I loved that you said you cannot respond to your clients if say you are not in the right headspace Mm -hmm. and I can totally relate to that and what Kelly and I were joking about earlier is that our clients look to us as being this source of inspiration and motivation and they think that we are perfect and they think that we don't eat veggie burgers and fries and they (laughs) they think we don't ever pick up a glass of alcohol or whatever. Oh Sam what did you do last night? Exactly (laughs) I went out drinking last night and I had Mexican food with rice and and some tortilla chips and guacamole and I had plenty of alcohol and Kelly was saying you know I had burger and fries you know vegan burger and fries and just FYI guys as soon as we're done this interview we're (laughs) We're going to go hog out on some (laughs) delicious greasy dirty vegan food together and we are the coaches (laughs) and so I think it's important that everybody recognize we are human just like everybody listening and just like all of our clients and it's not always easy for us to write meal plans when we're hungover or when we've just committed carbicide. (laughs) And so it's so important that our clients understand that sometimes we're not replying to emails right away because we're not in that coach mindset where we can give them the best I have a burger in my mouth. I'm not going to respond to your email saying you should hop on the treadmill right now. (laughs) Exactly. And so that is definitely self-care. And I think for us, when we are self-employed and we work from home, it can become very easy for us to just be glued to our laptops Mm -hmm. 24-7 and somebody has a show they're competing for that weekend. I try to make myself as available as possible. But then at the same time, I am human and I have a life outside of my work and I need those things in order to be the best Mm -hmm. coach so I always ask my clients please be patient and understanding what are some self-care tactics that you apply like I know you you were mentioning that only recently have you started to do some body work things like massages I'm guessing exactly yes so i felt like I put my recovery, my own personal recovery from training on the back burner for so long. <laughs> and too. not only was it, you know, hindering my performance in the gym and how I was feeling physically, but just mentally, I just felt so burnt out and exhausted. And again, it's just not going to lend myself as the most effective and efficient coach for my athletes. And again, with that comes the stress of, oh my goodness, you know, people are expecting this of me and I just can't be the best that I can be without me giving some self-love to Kelly. It's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. Exactly. So recently I started getting massages more frequently and it is doing a world of a difference for my psyche just knowing that I can literally tune out my phone goes on silent for an hour and a half and no one can contact me while I'm deep into a massage and after the fact sometimes I I will not even look at my phone for the remainder of that evening because I don't want to spur up more stress or tell someone to encourage them to go to the gym when I did not go to the gym myself that day and what about meditation or yoga do you do any of that stuff or are you pretty meathead 
bread based. Why don't you give us a typical, what does a typical week of training look like for you personally? It's hard to say because it varies. I thrive off structure. So having a set routine. Having a set routine is great, but then I get a little bored if it's getting too stagnant. So most recently I joined a gym with one of my girlfriends. And so we've been going there and just that change of atmosphere and seeing all these disciplined and motivating athletes among us in the gym is doing a world of a difference for my own just inspiration and motivation internally. So we've been hitting the gym there maybe five, six days out of the week. But on top of that, I used to do CrossFit religiously. So I I love that background and, and that challenge of things as well. So once a week, every Thursday night, I have four of my girlfriends come over. We hang out at my house and we do workout of, of the day, whether it's, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And we just use a pair of dumbbells, one kettlebell, and we just run the streets and we do some complexes and we make it work. So I do that. And then the reason why I was in Brooklyn today that I was able to tell Sam that I was able to meet up was because one of my other client athletes is training for her half marathon. So we've been training together doing long distance runs about eight miles every time I've seen her these past three weeks. So on top of that, I'm doing more cardio than I've ever been used to before. So I like to keep it interesting and and keep it different so that I don't lose motivation Mm -hmm. and I don't get burnt out and doing the same routine over and over again as well. And I love that you say that again, relating how much of twins we are. I recently started doing yoga every Thursday night. Oh my God. Which is something totally different and new to me. I've never been a yogi, but I know that to get that flexibility and to just incorporate something different into Mm -hmm. my routine keeps it interesting. And it's motivating for me to add something different into the mix and a new skill. And And it's so true with everyone. Like you have to find things that you love. And that's why I always tell my clients, you have to switch up your program Mm -hmm. every six weeks because you can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over. Even if you enjoy it, you're going to stop seeing results because your body is an amazing thing and it Mm -hmm. will get used to the same stress that you're putting it through all the time. So that's awesome. And I know our listeners would love to get a little bit of insight on your diet. So maybe you could tell us, are you kind of like me with your nutrition coaching and personally where you're all about the high protein and always making sure to get protein at every meal or why don't you talk to us about your thoughts on carbs sure. versus fats versus protein. yeah I think I my mindset has definitely shifted maybe within the past year I've become a little bit more lenient with my own diet and maybe it's not because I'm burnt out with the diet or nutrition aspect of things but I think I just wanted a little bit more leniency with social outings and events and mm-hmm. I just moved back from New Zealand so being back in America it's let me to see the people that I've missed so much so I want to have that enjoyment of spontaneously going out to dinner and not having to track my macronutrients and my meals. Because being social is always surrounded by food and drinks. And I learned that myself too. So I love that you're bringing this Mm -hmm. up because when I competed nonstop for three years, I did not have any social life or I'd be that weirdo bringing a Tupperware (laughs) of asparagus and tofu to restaurants. And I never want to be that person ever (laughs) again. I was there too. And my girlfriends still make fun of me for it. I remember there was a birthday brunch for one of my best girlfriends in New York City and I brought along three different Tupperwares of just meals because we spent the entire day in the city and her birthday brunch I'm eating out of plastic Tupperware and it's just or I felt ordering pathetic. coffee and co- ordering black <laughs> coffee yep. you know no soy milk no nothing no sugar and just you know people must have thought I was miserable I had a great photo shoot the week after but was it worth it I'm not sure you know live life with no regrets but I don't want to be that person long term I agree and so was that a huge mind fuck 
for you yeah. when you decided that I and I did the same thing you know within the last year I said you know what I want to get my social life back mm-hmm. I want to be able to go have some drinks with my friends I want to be able to go have a dinner and not be worried about how much fat is in this meal and it was and it still is you know like mm-hmm. I, I've really had to separate myself from good food versus bad food and knowing that in moderation and just being mindful of my dietary choices whether I'm at home or eating out it has been quite a process and and a shift in my mindset to get to a healthy place of balance because I too like to live a life of structure but you have to find that balance so was that a bit of a struggle for you too? I will say when I've spoken with my athletes and I encourage the tracking of macronutrients and I set up their meal plans following you know let's hit this amount of protein this amount of fats this amount of carbs every single day you're doing carb cycling high carb low carb that's all well and great for the present time but I always say it's not going to be long term because it's not sustainable I mm-hmm. do not feel like it's sustainable maybe for some people who have different life paths it will be but for me and the majority of people that I work with it will not be a long term thing of carrying your scale around your food scale mm-hmm. and measuring every little thing that you put into your body because that's not fun I can't imagine having a family and doing that I don't feel like it's right and so, I think it can lead to unhealthy obsessive yes. behavior mm-hmm. for a lot of people I too say the same thing to my clients it's great to track yes. for a short period of time because you will learn so That's much exactly about food. what it is and I say whether it teaches you for the first time or it reteaches you what the proper portion size sizes of these foods that we consume daily are I mean people don't realize how small an actual serving size of peanut butter mm-hmm. is or how much sugar is in a banana exactly or even you know oatmeal they think oh this is a, a bowl is a serving size no a bowl is not a serving size <laughs> a quarter of a bowl is a serving size and now you realize how many calories and carbs you're actually taking into your body so I always say that it's a short-term thing using a food scale and tracking your macronutrients so that down the line when you do go out to these restaurants when that wait staff puts that plate in front of you with half your plate of rice and you have some veggies on the side that you know was made with olive oil and you have tofu on the plate as well you know exactly how much you should be eating of each to follow whatever plan you have for yourself and what goals you might have for yourself if you want eat the whole entire plate that's fine but you're going to know how your body responds to it based upon what you've learned with your food scale and tracking macronutrients. So one thing while we're on the topic of prep life versus normal life and finding that balance, I would love to talk to you about the extreme measures that we both have gone through. Now, Kelly has never competed in a bikini competition or a physique competition. I don't even think I could be a bikini competitor with the shoulders I have. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I always joke too. Now I've sculpted a figure upper body and a bikini lower body. Go right to figure. Yeah. That's, that's the point. But I love it because we have that same body where we're bikini on the bottom and figure up top. So it's like, let's just start our own category. But you have obviously dieted down for a lot of photo shoots. And if you look at Kelly's social media, you'll see she's got all these beautiful, sexy photos. And it's interesting because I had mentioned to her that I'm so proud of her for posting photos where she's not competition lean in mm-hmm. those photos. But to her, she's like, oh, well, I dieted down a lot to get to that place and so it's so important for us to share this with our listeners because as somebody who competed in fitness competitions having the same mesomorph endomorph body Mm -hmm. as Kelly where we can put on muscle very easily but it's very hard for us to lose fat I lost my period guys every time I leaned down for a competition there was anywhere from a three to six month period where I did not have a period and Kelly was saying 
-hmm. was the same thing for her photo shoots. She did not have to be competition lean. Right. So I would love for you to talk about what extreme measures did you have to endure to get to that point? And can we please talk about all of the clients who love to tell us, why is it I've got a flat stomach in the morning and then by 3 p.m. I'm bloated and we were joking. Because you had a sip of water, that's why. Yeah, it's because you have a stomach that is meant for digesting food. So that is the case with everybody. So Kelly, please enlighten everybody that it is not sustainable to be shredded, especially for curvy girls like Mm -hmm. us. Not sustainable. And going back to what Sam's saying with prepping for, I like to call it stage presence, even though I've never been on stage, but I use it relating to that moment in time. Whether I have a client athlete that is getting married and she wants to look radiant and feel beautiful, confident, sexy on her wedding day, that to me is stage presence because that is going to be a one-time thing. You're going to look the way that we want you to look that day. But you're going to realize that once you start enjoying your reception and you're consuming all these desserts and your entrees and having alcohol, your tummy's going to get a little distended. It's going to happen. So everybody, everyone, everyone, and females especially. Sam's talking about losing her period when she really diets down. The same thing would happen to me and what these photographers and videographers that I'm working with don't understand is that I am I am miserable leading mm-hmm. up to my photo shoot and I get pretty damn miserable, not only physically, but socially. I will become a hermit and I'm not going out for four six, eight weeks prior to whatever shoot that I have coming up. For one day. For one day. And then when that day actually comes, I have no water in my system. I have not had substantial carbs for maybe a couple of weeks prior to that. I am purely keto. That's just how my body runs most efficiently when I'm dieting down. I'm on low carbs. Probably diuretics. You do that. I like to go the route of asparagus and coffee as my diuretics. Yeah, nothing like pill form, but I'm completely depleted in all aspects and while I'm at that photo shoot hair and makeup is done great people think I look I hope people think I look sexy or attractive to some extent but I feel miserable and it's probably the least sexiest I've ever felt because of how miserable that I feel and when I'm doing these more gym or athletic shoots my muscles are cramping so fast and I cannot sustain any amount of strength and it is so eye-opening of just how important proper fuel and nutrition is just to give us energy for day day things. And we're women. We are supposed to have some level of body fat on our bodies in order to be in our most optimal state for activity, for exercise. And as I've said on previous podcasts, any athlete in any sport is not as lean as they are for a bodybuilding competition. So it is completely unrealistic for any of us to expect that we are going to be a 6-7% body fat long term. We are dieting for one day. Let me ask Sam, what body fat percentage do you think you got down to when you would compete? Well, I was telling Kelly earlier that for my first ever show, I somehow got down to 125 pounds and I'm almost five foot eight guys and that is insane and everybody was scared of me they called me Skeletor and there's no way that I could ever get that lean again why because I just have too much muscle Muscle. and I would be miserable and like Kelly was talking about how miserable she was Mm -hmm. mentally and physically there were times when I would literally be crying in the gym for no reason at all and why is that because I was so deficient in 
in fat, my hormones were all exactly. out of whack. So we really need to understand, guys, that the whole competing practices in order to get there, it is not sustainable no. long term. It's not. So Kelly, what are your thoughts then on the fitness industry and how everybody is posting fit fam and believe in yourself and all hashtag motivation hashtag exactly. discipline people are either loving it or hating it so what about you kelly do you find when you're looking at instagram what are the thoughts that go through your head as somebody who is fit and in this business how does it make you feel to be scrolling through fitness girls instagram posts? it has become saturated with unrealistic body expectations i have noticed for my own sanity i have had to stop unfollowing a lot of different social media accounts me too. Because it makes me go crazy, crazy in different ways of I'll have a couple of hours or a couple of minutes of me scrolling through and I think this person looks ridiculous. There's no way they got that booty from squatting. They clearly had a butt lift or a lipo or this and that. And then a couple of minutes later, my mindset can shift to, oh my God, how, how can I look like that? Why don't I look like that? I feel like I'm training really hard. So it's a complete mind fuck and really just throws me all out of whack. So I've learned that I have to stop following these unrealistic expectations. And in the opposite of that, I've realized I prefer to be considered an athlete. Fitness model, you know, fit model, whatever. That's you know, all well and great. Again, not going to be long-term sustainable. I'd rather be known as an athlete, vegan athlete for one, but an athlete in general. And those are the people that I want to follow. So I'm not looking to what? follow the people who are six, 7% body fat. We had this discussion earlier that men, women, when they get that low to a body fat percentage, I don't consider them to be strong. No. I actually find them to look weak, but also- And your strength exactly, is Exactly, and it is depleted. <laughs> yeah, you just lose all strength. And, you know, some people might think, oh, that's what I want to look like. And I do hear that from my client mm-hmm. athletes. That's what I want to look like. I want to look like her. I want to have ripped abs. But you know what? She's probably really suffering with her strength and her energy. And, and that's not probably something you want. has an eating disorder and, and probably doesn't have her body dysmorphia. Probably doesn't have her period either. And yeah. that's going to cause fertility issues down the line. Mm-hmm. To answer your question, I have decided to follow strictly athletes now on social media. And if certain accounts shift their mindset and they become more like hashtag fitspo or and this and that, and it becomes all about their aesthetics and no longer about performance, I'm not interested in following them. I love that you said that. And I know I've mentioned this on previous podcast episodes where I choose to follow people who I would legitimately be friends with in real life. I Thank you, want, Sam. Right? No, it's true. <laughs> I, I would not follow somebody who is my body goals. Right. If, they ma- if looking at their photos makes me feel bad about my own physique mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form, instant unfollow. Yes. Why am I looking at this person. Why do I want to have body goals? I should make myself my own body goals, as I've mentioned a million times on past episodes. So I love that you are saying that you would rather follow people for their performance rather than their physical appearance. Let's let's think of it this way. If you had a friend in person that was making you feel bad about your own body type, why would you want a friend on on social media or a friend on Instagram that makes you feel bad about your own body type? Right. And I think maybe that's why Kelly and I have become BFFs because (laughs) we literally have the exact same body and I have to mention this is that we were talking earlier at Starbucks about body dysmorphia and how we both have massive muscly asses we both have (laughs) Clydesdale like workhorse thighs and monster asses and there were several men when we were walking on the streets Brooklyn's very friendly yes on the streets of Brooklyn how many men were like you two are beautiful and just staring (laughs) no disrespect but you two are gorgeous yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> Yet, we both have this body dysmorphia that our butts are still not big enough. You know, I look at Kelly's ass, I'm like, wow, her, her ass is way bigger than mine. And she was like, I was in awe of yours. And yeah. it's like, it's how ridiculous is that? We're still doing to each other what we're telling you guys not to do and that yeah. we don't want to do to other people. We're and, not perfect. Yeah, and we're human just like everybody else. We're living and breathing the same struggles that everybody else is. And I think just bringing awareness out on the surface here and sharing with you guys that it's ridiculous that this is what social media has created for Mm -hmm. us. And we have to change this. We have to get more real. We have to be more authentic. We have to get the message out there that there is a healthier way to be and live. And it's starting with embracing who you are, appreciating your own damn body and Mm -hmm. curves and following people that you legitimately respect, not who has a body that you want to have. Absolutely. All right. So what else can I ask you while I have you in my hotel room? (laughs) Oh, so something else a little juicy that I would love to bring up is the fact that Kelly and I also tend to date the same type of guy. Mm -hmm. So we are both... Have we ever dated the same guy, Sam? Who would know? (laughs) Come close. We came close close to almost dating the same guy. Who I did actually date for a couple months, and I guess he was barking up Kelly's tree. Wow. We both seem to have an issue in dating. We're both newly single. Yay! So, any of you <laughs> vegan jacked studs out there, if you're looking for some twins. <laughs> But anyways, we both seem to always date men on steroids, Mm -hmm. men who are obsessed with their own bodies, men who spend a lot of time at the gym, and we can't help it. We sculpt bodies for a living, so it's natural that we're going to be attracted to guys who are jacked and symmetrical, because obviously symmetry is important to us. But what we've come to realize is that those guys aren't always either the sharpest tools in the shed. Or (laughs) the brightest crayon in the box. (laughs) (laughs) Or they just, for whatever reason, they're just not panning out. So I guess we need to change our ways, Sam. Yeah. So does anyone listening have advice? Yeah. Well, yeah. Please, someone call in and give us some advice. No, I think like, it goes to, yes, because of the line of work that we're in, we are attracted, one, to a certain way that someone will look. But I also feel like I just become very impressed with the way that they look because I understand the hard work and the discipline yep. and the lifestyle that comes with and that. And we share that lifestyle yes. with them. So it And that's what's attractive. attractive. Yes, exactly. And you start thinking, we start planning out the future of, it's going to be so great going grocery shopping together when he's vegan and loves the gym is the same way I do. But what we don't realize is that these guys, they lose themselves and their own egos and become so narcissistic Mm -hmm. when Sam and I can value and appreciate the balance that we have and that we've fostered with our own individual lifestyles of love, health, and fitness, but also love our friends and family and the relationships that we have, whether it's platonic or romantic. And what we're finding is that these guys that we meet that look oh so lovely in person and maybe put up four plates in the gym are just not there in the sense that we want romantically. And they also if they are doing a lot of steroids there are negative effects that come from that lifestyle and those choices such as (laughs) low sex drive. And for healthy vegan girls like us with giant asses (laughs) we need those butts to be appreciated. Girls have needs. Yeah so if you are a jacked vegan stud and you're interested in a Canadian American hot 
hot babely vegan twin duo, then <laughs> our phone numbers are. <laughs> <laughs> then please leave a comment on the show notes for this episode at jackedonthebeanstalk.com and we will assess accordingly and invite you to our next BFF hangout. Yes. Well, possibly. Sam, let's get into this because it's all in good fun, but also sort of seriousness as well. Our jacked vegan Prince Charming. Let's touch upon how the guys, a lot of these people that we've dated in the past are not vegan. Correct. Mm-hmm. I've only dated one vegan guy my entire life. Yeah. And I thought I was dating a vegan man <laughs> in my last relationship. And then when I moved to New Zealand, he surprised me with saying, oh, I'm not vegan. So there's that. Which let it be known that we obviously do not limit our dating lives to vegan guys because we know that we would be single forever yeah. for sure if that were the case. Or we'd be dating each other. Yeah. Which maybe that is the route. Maybe that's what we need we to do. We have such a girl crush on each other. So leave a comment in the show notes for this episode if you think Kelly and I should just, should just be date. with each other. <laughs> We're not really sisters in real life. <laughs> exactly. So it could work. It could work. But no, it, it is definitely a problem. And, mm-hmm. and I know I've written a lot of blog posts about is compassion a relationship killer? And, mm-hmm. you know, I never try to push my beliefs on anyone, whether it's a client, a friend, a family member, or somebody I'm dating. I just hope that I would always inspire them to be more open to eating a more plant-based diet and seeing that it works for me and I'm still able to build massive amounts of muscle, that so much muscle that women would say, I don't want your arms. Yeah, I think it comes down to that. I think it's just that respect aspect. Mm -hmm. What I'm craving in a relationship is that respect and also compassion. And there's different forms of compassion. We have taken it to the greatest, most amazing extreme of being vegan in all aspects of our life. Not just, you know, a plant-based diet, but we are compassionate for the animals. So yes, that is ideal. And that's what we would both love in our relationships. But again, we were not born vegan. So Mm -hmm. we understand that there is a shift that takes place and that we would love for our partners in life to have as well. And so that's why I've never said I need to strictly date a vegan man because I wouldn't want someone to place that restraint upon me if they had first met me mm-hmm. saying, I want to date a girl who only does this, who only does that, and who doesn't consume right. tofu. Just be, just be open to, <laughs> yeah. to what ideas and, you know, exactly. thoughts we have, Exactly, right? As long as that respect is there and we can find a restaurant that, you know, has menus for both of us, then exactly. we're golden. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I've always done too. As long as there's a vegan option, yes. we're good. Besides oh, salad. Yes, fries and salad <laughs> yeah, don't count. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Kelly, what supplements do you personally take to help get jacked on the beanstalk? Oh, yeah. I use Clean Machine Supplement line. So I use Ahi Flower Oil. I use Cell Block 80. I use their new protein powder. And I am in love with their Fruit Punch BCAAs. I recommend their yes. BCAAs to my clients as yep. well. Yeah, and so a lot of my clients have used them as well because they see the results that I get. They want to know why I'm not having that delayed onset muscle soreness from the workouts that I'm doing as much as they're suffering. And I say, you know, take these BCAAs. Not only is it delicious, it pretty much forces you to drink more water because I'm in love with it so much. That's that it what just, I always say. Yeah. If you hate drinking water, add just some add a scoop. fruit-flavored BCAAs to, to it and it's like Kool-Aid for bodybuilders. That's exactly what it is. And it's like, I almost feel like I'm cheating, but I'm like, no, this is so good for me and it actually helps my recovery. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my athletes have used it as well and it comes down to the only supplement line that I recommend because of that. Right. And it's also run by Jeff Palmer, who yeah. is uh, the most jacked 50-some 
something year old vegan man and it's a small company that we love to support 100% vegan companies and I know we both have a discount code but Kelly give them yours if anyone wants to try out all <laughs> the so. clean machine yeah. products they are awesome use uh, use K-O-S-C-M-A and we will include that in the show notes for this episode and one final question Kelly before we sign off if you could give one piece of advice one crucial suggestion to everybody on how to look and feel their best on a vegan diet what is one change they could make to their lifestyle today right now that you think would help them look and feel better I'm just going to bring it back to when I went vegan my initial thought process was I feel so shitty that what I really need is just more vegetables so that's our vegan diet it's everything is plant-based so if you are feeling so shitty you don't need to immediately omit the cake you're eating the fries you're eating but just load your plate with more vegetables and that's going focus on adding rather than subtracting exactly because once you start subtracting things people start feeling deprived so think about oh my goodness look at this variety that now I'm able to have by adding in these vegetables I didn't even know existed prior to today love it and would you say that you're more of a raw you eat a lot of raw vegetables or what is like your go-to favorite vegan meal that's full of veggies and has a good (laughs) dose of protein I love tofu scrambles so in that sense I try to eat a lot of things raw because the crunch factor of a lot of veggies when they're raw I like you know the vitamins and minerals feeling like I'm getting it at their best but I love something about savory warm foods Mm -hmm. so tofu scrambles with some nutritional yeast salt pepper garlic powder onion powder tons of broccoli baby spinach and bell pepper whether it's red yellow green red and I like to add turmeric to my tofu scramble because it actually gives it that egg like color and awesome for inflammation so turmeric the hell out of everything I have an awesome tofu scramble recipe in my ebook jacked on the beanstalk plant-based fuel for vegan athletes that I will actually include on the show notes for this episode all right well that was an awesome interview finally Kelly how can people get in touch with you if they want to follow you on social media or hire you as a coach and take the competition (laughs) from me you bitch yeah (laughs) find me on Facebook Kelly O Schlegel and on Instagram it's triple underscore Kelly O or you can search Kelly O dot fitness on Instagram and of course I will have all those links on the show notes for this episode all right well we are starving and about ready to (laughs) hog out on some dirty vegan food just like we should be because we're human it's called balance and we're in New York City where it's vegan heaven and we're gonna go get harassed in our skin tight (laughs) soft and spandex pants yeah so everybody stay tuned for that Kelly thank you so much for being on the podcast well we hope you enjoyed that interview and I sincerely do hope that it helped all you guys listening to feel just a little bit more comfortable in your own skin just knowing that all of us no matter who we are or what we look like we're all struggling and battling our own inner critics and yeah I just really wanted to share that with you guys because we were being totally real and I thought everybody listening could relate in some way plus she's vegan plus she's a badass all right Sarah let us get to the iTunes review of the week and finish this episode strong do we have to do a review this week we do every week It's so hot. You have like an interview in like 20 minutes. We had to turn the air conditioner off because of the background noise. It's so hot in here. (laughs) I'm getting hot and crabby. And I want to go to Michael's. 
Uh, Michael's is a craft store. And yes, actually, guys, I am about to do a radio interview with a big news channel very shortly, which is very exciting. And Sarah is right. We should probably get our asses in gear. So no review of the week read this week, but we will be back to those next week. And we're at least singing our song because I was pleasantly surprised to hear that most of the podcast listeners I met at Veg Expo did say that they listened to the full episode despite Despite what the analytics show us, apparently they all do listen to our finale songs right to the end. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm, good to know. And surprising. Yeah, so what's the song going to be this week? Well, I'm going for an 80s classic that you'll probably remember from a lot of mom's party mixes or mixtapes. Oh, from the 80s? Yes. Nothing's yeah. Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship, formerly Jefferson oh, nice. Airplane, when they did lots of drugs. What? Really? I didn't even know that. That is... That's a wicked fun fact. What? Are you serious? Yeah, they went from White Rabbit to a decade later, full-on cheesy pop songs. Huh. And that's funny because I loved them during the drug phase. White Rabbit is a classic, and I love them in their cheesy pop song era. Huh. Who knew? Everyone. Well, either way, I freaking love this song. Excellent choice. Actually, we should consider this as a karaoke number. Maybe the next time we do well with the duets. Mm-hmm. And it is a classic. And maybe if we start singing Starship instead of Love Shack, maybe we will win the next radio karaoke contest for most entertaining and most talented. Mm, doubtful. Anyway, I'm sweating profusely. <laughs> Even my <laughs> armpits that lack sweat glands are sweating. Wedding. Can we sing already? <laughs> All right, let's do it. Looking in your eyes, I see a paradise. This world that I found is too good to be true. Standing here beside you, want so much to give you this love in my heart that I'm feeling for you. Let him say we're crazy. I don't care about that. Put your hand in my hand, baby, don't ever look back. Let the world around us just fall apart. Baby, we can make it if we're heart to heart. And we can build this dream together, standing strong forever. Nothing's gonna stop us now. And if this world runs out of lovers, We'll still have each other. Nothing's gonna stop us. Nothing's gonna stop us now. All that I need is you. You're all that I ever need. All that I want to do. Just hold you forever. Ever and ever. (laughs) What did that song have to do with the interview? Well, I thought we were only going to do the the verse about building the dream and standing strong forever, but we we got way too into it. Yeah, we just love it so much. We had to start to finish there. 
Well, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now I'm ready to go kick that interview yeah. with CBC's ass. That's what I was thinking. And you go enjoy craft shopping <laughs> at Michael's there. <laughs> I'm pumped. All right. Well, that's it for this week, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Let us know. Show notes on jackdonthebeanstalk.com. Leave us a comment. Have a great week. Shorky sisters out. I think I've lost five pounds just from sweating. I love